Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, live cell analysis for neuroscience research. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Susanna Alacantara, senior R&D scientist and neuroscience program leader, bioanalytics at Sartorius. Susanna is a highly experienced neurobiologist with over 15 years of experience in large pharma drug discovery, biotech, and startup R&D settings. Trained initially as a biochemist and microbiologist, Susanna's early work focused on translational research models and cellular signaling pathways in neurodegeneration and dyskinesia in Parkinson's disease. Within the Sartorius neuroscience team, more recently, she has developed and validated a wide range of advanced cell assays for neuroscience to extend the suite of applications of live cell analysis. I'd like to start today by asking you if you could describe some of the challenges surrounding neuroscience research as it relates to cell monitoring and analysis. Well, I believe that the main challenge that neuroscientists encounter in their research is intrinsic to the nature of our neuronal cultures. We are required to handle precious cells. I call them precious because, firstly, they are difficult to obtain. Let's think about human or animal primary tissue. They are very costly, for example, IPHCs, and they are sensitive to handling and very dynamic. Researchers need to be able to sustain cultures for long periods of time and analyze the changes that occur within them. When when a sudden change is in biological behavior, we need to understand that the common techniques used, typically endpoint, tend to modify the system and introduce artifacts. Now, to overcome these changes, it is important to firstly minimize acid perturbance, avoiding unnecessary handling or plate movements, and keep a stable environment. Secondly, we need to develop high robust assays, and we need to be able to maximize the data obtained within each culture, for example, by multiplexing or, or by miniaturizing assays. Now, we've just focused on the cells, but we can't forget that those model complex disorders of a slow progression and high plasticity. I believe that part of the answer lies in the development of light cell kinetic approaches to monitor our systems. Thank you. And I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit more about the platform that Sartorius has developed to enable cell research. Certainly. We have developed the Incusite Live Cell Analysis System, which is an imaging and analysis platform that requires uh, resides inside a standard incubator. It has been designed this way to minimize cell perturbance. In addition, the camera within the system is on a mobile optical train. Therefore, the cultures remain stationary. The camera then takes time-lapse images, which are automatically segmented by the software, and one can quantify phenotype of interest in real time. Now, This means that this platform has the ability to perform non-invasive measurements, enabling dynamic observations to be performed. The Incusite system is flexible, allowing researchers to study many aspects of neuronal cell biology, from cell health to dynamism and function. It's key for us to develop tanky solutions in the form of reagents, protocols, and integrated software. So the R&D teams are continuously working to enable scientists to easily evaluate their models. That's great. And can you please describe for readers the advantage of having real-time analysis, particularly as it relates to neuroscience research? Well, yes, the brain is a complex system whose function depends on the dynamic interplay between a heterogeneous population of cells. 
in order to evaluate the actions and structures of these cells, it is critical for neuroscientists to monitor temporal changes. To ultimately understand how the brain operates in health and disease, researchers must be able to evaluate developmental changes, and this can only be accomplished with temporal monitoring via live cell analysis. Now, single endpoint measurements, while adding an important value, of course, do not offer insight into the dynamic changes and interactions of the cells of the nervous system. When working with complex systems, it is imperative to use repeated measurements of the same population of neurons to gain a better insight into both significant and subtle changes that can occur. Now, I think that it is important to mention that real-time analysis enables real-time decisions to be made. If we put this in the context of the workflow, it allows you to see when your cultures are ready, for example, to be treated. Maybe they've reached a certain confluence or they've stabilized neuronal growth signal or calcium signal, whichever is your phenotype of interest. This greatly improves method optimization and the robustness. Even when your experiment fails, you can go back to the images and quantify them retrospectively and see when and why things started to go wrong to learn from it. That makes a lot of sense, and I've seen the specific assays that have been developed to assist neuroscience research. Can you describe these and tell listeners how they fit into your overall neuroscience workflow? Um, certainly. The Incusite system is very flexible. Um, it's a, it has the unique ability to analyze multiple cell types using a combination of applications. We have developed a plethora of real-time applications focused in the neuroscience research. Some of these applications provide information on cell health, so their focus is on the study of morphological changes, for example, neuronal growth or microglia stages of activation. And other applications have been developed to study cell functions, such as our novel neuronal activity assay or, or the phagocytic cle cell clearance by microglia. Taking, talking, uh, taking the neuronal activity application as an example now, scientists can now detect neuronal activity by capturing calcium oscillations using a unique a movie mode acquisition. With this application, scientists are able to gain unprecedented access to complex neuronal activity measurements, giving functional insight into cellular changes over time. And more importantly, one can combine all of these applications to obtain a greater biological insight. There was another piece of information that I found really useful. I read a white paper on your website that discussed how real-time life cell analysis can be used in neurological disease model development and in studying disease pathology to enable drug discovery. Um, could you tell listeners a bit about what was covered in that paper? Yes, absolutely. This white paper and the corresponding webinar describes the benefits of life cell analysis and provides real examples using some of the applications we've developed on the Incusite within the field of neuroscience. The paper pays attention to three main areas, two of which are based on neuronal investigation. These are the study of neurodynamics and neuronal activity. And the third area is based in neuroimmunology research, exemplifying mainly phagocytosis of disease-related protein aggregates. There is a particular example which I find especially enlightening and which compares the effect of the chemotherapeutic drug Taxol, which causes a type of neuropathy, in neurodynamism and function. This example very clearly shows a concentration-dependent toxic effect in both cell morphology and function, with marked increase in sensitivity in this second one. Now, this was expected. 
quote our attention was the striking temporal effect of stress, with concentrations as little as the picomolar level having a marked effect in activity when enough time was allowed, and still, of course, with healthy vehicles. We must remember that we aim to model slow progressive disorders. I'll leave it there for anyone interested to check it out. Thank you for that. There was so much good information in that. Um, I'm going to make sure that we put a link to the white paper in our show notes so that listeners can easily find the link uh, to the white paper. Um, I wanted to move into another area that I wanted to touch on, and that's how live cell analysis can complement other endpoint technologies that are currently being used in neuroscience research. That's a very good point you raise, actually. The Incusite platform presents a great advantage, which is its high flexibility. One can combine multiple applications to study progressive cellular changes. Such studies are necessary to characterize new models, which ultimately provide important insights into human disease. Now, what is more important, and coming back to the beginning of the interview, the Incusite is cell-sparing. By minimizing cell perturbance, one can study phenotypic changes, and then those same cultures can be used for downstream and endpoint applications to gain a deeper understanding into the biology of interest. So as you can see, data acquired can be complementary. For example, the incusite can be used to gather subtle and not so subtle changes over time to capture what is the optimal point to perform a drug screen, for example, in neuronal activity. The incusite will offer deep insight into changes in activity and connectivity of a neural network when it comes active or when neurons become connected and how their connectivity changes post-drug addition. Researchers can then gather this information and use the same populations to evaluate treatment effects using different endpoint assays. For example, the effect of these drugs in a particular pathway by looking at a particular protein or changes in the RNA profile or genetic analysis. Even one can select the right moment to start their, their confocal studies. Thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing all this information with listeners today. I think there's so much great information about how to use live cell analysis in a lot of different ways, but in, in particular in neuroscience research. And I thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you would like to add for listeners today as we close the interview? Well, I guess just to summarize, the goal of the live cell analysis is to provide researchers with tools and applications that can answer their questions and give them the ability to make innovative and new scientific discoveries. This in turn may enable the development of optimized models with increased translational value that better target diseases of the nervous system, and this hopefully will provide the much advancement needed within the field. And to finalize, just to say that it is very exciting to be at the forefront of scientific research, especially within a dynamic field such as um, neuroscience. Now, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think there's so much good information. And as I mentioned, I'll put the links uh, to the white paper and the other information that we discussed in the show notes so that listeners can easily find it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.